We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is the High Stakes Lowdown, a Rotoviz podcast brought to you by the Fantasy Football Players Championship. I'm Eric Balkman from the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour and the FFPC. You can follow me on Twitter at Eric Balkman and the FFPC on Twitter at FFPC. Before we get into the show, I want to remind everyone that you can get a listeners only 10% discount to Rotoviz by using the code RVRADIO2022. That's RVRA. DIO2022. Your subscription gives you unlimited access to all of the Rotoviz content and tools, and it supports the podcast channel. Now, without further ado, here's the latest edition of the Rotoviz High Stakes Lowdown. Welcome in, welcome in. This is the High Stakes Lowdown, a Rotoviz podcast brought to you by the Fantasy Football Players Championship. I am Eric Balkman from the High Stakes Fantasy Football Show on the Better Sports Network, uh, the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour on the FFPC uh, social media channels, and of course your host for this evening's proceedings. You can follow me on Twitter at Eric Balkman and the FFPC on Twitter at FFPC. Uh, before we get into the show, I do want to remind everybody a lot of stuff that's going on with the FFPC right now. You can win $1 million in the Fantasy Pros Championship at just a $350 entry fee at myffpc.com. If you register by June 15th and draft by June 30th, you will get a three, uh, $35 league credit to your FFPC account. If you do that three times, you will get three credits in your account. So draft, uh, register by the 15th, draft by the 30th. Do that up to three times. You're going to get over $100 in your FFPC account to use as you see fit. Uh, you can register for Dynasty Startup Drafts right now also at myffpc.com. From the $100 level all the way up to the $5,000 level, uh, we have a uh, Dynasty League for you and a price point for you there. We've been doing Dynasty Leagues at the FFPC for well over a decade. Uh, more than 1,300 leagues, not a single one has ever folded. So if you want to play 
Dynasty Fantasy Football, this is the place to do it at myffpc.com. You can win $200,000 in the FFPC Best Ball Tournament right now as well. $50,000 in the Superflex Best Ball Tournament as well. Um, just 35 bucks to enter that Superflex Best Ball Tournament. $125 to enter the uh, FFPC Best Ball Tournament at myffpc.com. $1 million we're giving away once again in the FFPC main event. Make sure you're registering now. Additional teams are $400 off. So if you're already in, take advantage of that multi-team discount. It will pay for itself in oodles, as they say. Uh, plenty of slow drafts, live drafts. Um, Sit-and-go best ball options at myffpc.com if you'd rather play in a closed 12-team league. We certainly encourage that type of behavior as well. And if you got five bucks, we got a league for you. You can draft there for $5 at myffpc.com. Remember to like, subscribe, comment, share, and get notified anytime the FFPC YouTube channel goes live, which it is right now. Uh, this week, I want to bring in my, my guest co-host. Please welcome back onto the show a player who has won nearly 20 high-stakes fantasy football leagues in his FFPC career. He's already been off and running with numerous fantasy pros drafts under his belt already this season, and he's here to discuss what has stood out to him. You follow him on Twitter at esq. Here is the incomparable Mike Foresta. Mike, a good evening to you, and welcome back to the road of his high-stakes lowdown. Hey, Eric. Good to be here with you, as always. Yeah, it's always fun talking to you, man. Always, and the fact that you already have some fantasy pros drafts under your belt too—is this normal for you to to have? I, I don't know how many you have done. Probably a handful done. You got some going on. Is this normal for you to in June to have all this information already from drafts? Well, I'd say it's getting more and more normal. Okay, so I feel like every, <laughs> every year we, uh, you know, my my partner Adam Rosson and I start seem to start earlier and earlier. <laughs> so. Yeah, I'd say it's it's getting to be normal. I think we have three um, three fantasy pros drafts completed. We're in um, a couple of slow drafts right now. Could very well be on the clock during this uh, during this podcast. Right. Yeah, that's always fun. I'm I'm in a, a couple of drafts right now in the Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship, and I've been one pick away for for several hours in two of them. So I know by the time we get done tonight, I'll be on the clock in at least one of them, probably both of them uh, tonight. Um, ladies and gentlemen, in this episode tonight, we're going to talk about the Jackson Smith and Jigba effect on Tyler Lockett this season, not necessarily in Dynasty Leagues, but specifically for this season, whether Chigo Conquo is actually being overdrafted and how fragile the Dolphins' offense is or is not if Tua Tungavailoa does go down again uh, this season like he did last year. All right, so let's get into it, Mike. Um, first question for you right off the bat. This is um, maybe the lowest. I, mean, I you know I never know about rookie years, like because like these guys always go in in weird spots in their rookie years. But this is the lowest I remember Derrick Henry going in the FFPC in some time in Fantasy Pros uh, Championship drafts. He's right at that two three turn right now. ADP average ADP of two twelve, and I get that from FantasyMojo.com. Fantasy Mojo on Twitter. Darren Armani, the Godfather of the Pros versus Joe's uh, challenge. Uh, he's the guy who puts together that uh, this ADP, that that data that we cite. Um, is he a value at the end of the second round, early third round? Because Tennessee's kind of a weird team to figure out this season. Well, it's interesting that you brought up uh, Derrick Henry because uh, I think the first Fantasy Pros draft Adam and I did this season, um, Derrick Henry was there at 3-6, uh, and we took him at 3-6. Um, so, so what I would say to, to people just sort of generally, not even just specifically about Derrick Henry is that, you know, if the draft 
gives you value, take it. You know, don't overthink it. Um, you know, if, if Derrick Henry, I mean, I've seen a couple of people profess Derrick Henry still a first round pick. Mm-hmm. Hey, if, if, if that's the case and we got him at three, six, you know, you're getting, a, you're getting a real leg up on the competition right then and there. So yeah, right. I think, I think he's value. Yeah. I mean, he's not hurt. Um, yes. Is he aging? Yes. And that's why probably why he's not going in the first, but yep. you know, he's, he's not hurt. And you can't say the same thing about, you know, even guys like Brees Hall, who are much younger. So um, I I would for sure take him end of the second and was very pleased to get him in the middle of the third. I want to go back to a, a, something you just said that I think is interesting. Um, when we talk drafting philosophy, right, um, you, you talked about you and, and your co-manager, Eric, right, is his name? Uh, Adam Rosman. Yeah. Adam. Sorry. God, I get, I see, I'm just a narcissist. I just think everybody has <laughs> my name. Okay. So, so you and Adam, when you're, when you're talking about letting the draft come to you, um, not overthinking a player, if, if he is falling in drafts to take him, does that, does that mean you are not focused on, you know, I always say getting your guys as much um, because I feel like w- when you draft that way, you guys are putting less of an emphasis on your draft targets and, and you would probably end up with kind of a, a wide variety of, of players as far as your share goes across your contests, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, one of the things that always surprised me about, um, you know, talking to other fantasy football players, even like very experienced high stakes players, is um, the concern about draft position. And mm-hmm. like, oh, I got a lousy draft position. I can't relate to that. There is, to me, there is no draft position that's any better or worse than any other nobody knows what's going to happen this season um you know you you might think it's the worst draft position it could could turn out to be the absolute best so instead of worrying about things like that just worry about this pick and getting value for this pick and then move on to the next round and try to get value in that pick you know just take it pick by pick sort of see how your team is shaping up. Yeah, do you have to maybe go out and get a running back if you've taken, you know, four or five straight wideouts? Of course you have to. Mm-hmm. But but don't let don't let your philosophy going in be rigid. You have to be flexible. And in these slow drafts that you can do right now on FFPC, you can you can take your time. I mean you've got yeah. hours between picks. So you can take your time. There's no reason to panic or rush into a pick. Just take your time, think about it, draft the player that works best for your team. We talked about Derrick Henry falling in drafts. He is nowhere close to falling as much as Alvin Kamara has fallen from last year. And there's some reason for that. Obviously, his performance last year was subpar. We don't exactly know what that offense is going to look like this year with Derek Carr. We also don't exactly know what his role is going to be. Um, and probably the elephant in the room is there is a looming potential looming suspension for Kamara. Maybe it happens this year. Maybe it doesn't happen at all. Maybe it's only a couple games. Maybe it's like six games. Maybe it's more. We don't know. And I think that ha- all those factors combined have led to Kamara falling, you know, honestly, quite a bit further than I thought he would. I, I looked this up this morning. I was shocked to see he's running back 32, Mike, uh, going at the 810, basically. This is James Cook, Samaj P. Ryan, Zach Charbonnet, Antonio Gibson area. And then sure. I see Alvin Kamara's name, and I'm like, one of these things is not like the other, right? 
Or maybe it is this year. Your thoughts on Alvin Kamara, how are you handling him? If you need a running back and it's the late eighth round and you see Kamara out there, is that somebody you're jumping on? I wouldn't say jumping on. I'd say I'm cautious about Alvin Kamara this year. And, you know, the lawyer in me um, is concerned about, he has a July 31st trial date. Mm -hmm. Not not a court date, a trial date. So, uh, and and it's already been postponed a couple times before. My guess is that it's probably not going to be postponed again. Something's going to happen there, whether he's either going to plead out or, you know, the other thing that concerns me, and I don't have any direct evidence of this, but I have heard that um, there is a video uh, that is damning against him as well. Right. So now whether that will be admissible or not, we don't know. Um, you know, it's it's hard to get access to that kind of information. But you, when you put that in conjunction with he didn't really perform that greatly last, last year, they bring in Jamal Williams, who's coming off a you know, fantastic season in Detroit. Uh, they draft Kendra Miller. Yeah, I mean, I, I can see the eighth round grade. Um, you know, that being said, have we taken him in the eighth round? We have, um, you know, but I don't think I would be getting a ton of shares just because I am concerned about the trial. If he's found guilty, I mean, we're you're looking at a suspension right there. Right, yep. Uh, um, he probably goes on the commissioner's exempt list, uh, you know, if he gets convicted. You brought up a couple other Saints running backs there, and Jamal Williams running back 40 right now. So he's actually still going after Kamara. He's at the 9-12. Kendra Miller, I'm willing to bet, is even lower. Running back 42 at the 10-08. Yeah. I, I, like, when you look at that Saints running back situation, are you comfortable just kind of picking and choosing amongst those three as you get deeper and deeper into draft season? Or would you be more comfortable just rolling with Kamara and like not saying that the majority of your drafts, but the majority of the time, if you're looking at a Saints running back, is Kamara going to be the guy that you more often than not decide to go with? I think first, yes. Um, but would have no problem, you know, drafting Jamal Williams or even backing Kamara up with Jamal Williams, you know, yeah. a round or two later. Um, Kendra Miller, I don't, I don't have a good feel for yet. He's a rookie, so we haven't seen him. But you know, would I take a shot at him in a you know early teen round? Yeah, I definitely would. I want to uh, go back to um, the NFL draft when um, it shocked all of us to see the Seattle Seahawks using a second consecutive second round pick on a running back. They take Kenneth Walker in 2022. They take Zach Charbonnet in the second round this year. Everybody's talking about that, Mike. But I think like one of the other things that's that really we're not paying enough attention to, or maybe we are, I'll let you answer that. But Jackson Smith and Jigba, the Seattle Seahawks took in the first round, and they already had DK Metcalf. They already had Tyler Lockett. I want to specifically um, talk about the impact that JSN's presence on Seattle is going to have on Tyler Lockett. Have you been taking, you know, do you still be, are you still comfortable in Tyler Lockett is at his ADP right now? And, and I'll tell you right now, it, Tyler Lockett uh, is a wide receiver 35 at the yeah. 704. Does that seem about right for him, even with the presence of Smith and Jigba? I think it does. Uh, I always find Tyler Lockett to be undervalued, um, not just this year, but even in past seasons. Uh, you know, he, he's he's a smaller guy, but, you know, he's as I understand it, he's only ever missed three games in his entire career. So, I mean, that that kind of you know, consistent production is is always helpful when you can grab him in 
you know, I think maybe might have even gotten him as late as the eighth, um, early eighth this year. And but yeah, he is going sixth, seventh. But I, to me, he is a value there, even with JSN, because it's not the same as running back. I mean, you bring Zach Charbonnet in. Okay, yeah, fine. Is that going to impact Walker? It is, especially since Pete Carroll doesn't really care about having a bell cow. You know, mm-hmm. not since Marshawn Lynch is gone. You know, so. He 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 likes to have a, a bunch of different guys, you know, rotate in. So yeah, that's probably going to affect Walker somewhat. But um, you know, I I have heard some guys that I respect, fantasy football analysts say say something that I thought was interesting, and that is, don't don't draft for, um, you know, don't draft for for um, comp. You know, someone like Zach Charbonnet, don't draft for talent. Don't draft right. because he's behind, Ken, you know, make him drop because he's behind Kenneth Walker. Dr- when you're drafting, draft for talent. Let it all shake out. It's all going to work out. And, you know, that person is still going to get their time. They're still going to get their chance. They're still going to get their opportunity. Don't don't just don't get too panicked because the player who you love goes to a team that's already got somebody ahead of them. There's mm-hmm. there's plenty of opportunity to to, to score fantasy points um, for a talented player, and they're going to find their way. And that do you be, is that adage for you? Does that apply to you know running backs, receivers, and tight ends? Is or, or is that specific? Because I think that something like that to me is more specific to running back. You know, where all these guys need an opportunity. But yeah. you, you're saying like you'll apply it to everything, right? I I, I apply it to everything. Maybe not as significantly, but right. You know, well, first of all, like like JSN in in Seattle, everybody's got a three three wide receivers, right? I mean, it's not mm-hmm. like there was no third wide receiver playing in Seattle last year who was getting targets. I mean, you know that they're out there, you know, and every team's got one. It's like every team's got a backup running back, every team's got a backup tight end. They're they're out there, and if they start playing well, they're going to get time. Uh, so you know, whether it's JSN or it's somebody else. Tyler Lockett's gonna gonna have that person out there on the field with them, but they're you know they're gonna be running some some sets where they're all out there. They're gonna be you know, and I would think Lockett is probably gonna be out there even in the you know in the two wide receiver sets, and so he's still gonna have value. I uh, I, I think one of the interesting conundrums this year for fantasy football is Carolina. Um, they make the move to to trade up to the number one spot to draft Bryce Young. It did cost them their best receiver in DJ Moore, who's now in Chicago, which gets me thinking, Mike, who, who is the Carolina receiver to own this year? Is it Thielen? Is it Chark? Is it Terrace Marshall? Is it Jonathan Mingo? There's there's a lot of guys there that I don't think any of them necessarily have a ton of experience being the number one receiver at, at, at the NFL level. LaVisca Chenault's also there as well. Right. In your drafts so far, have you found yourself taking any of those guys? Sure, I, I find myself taking Adam feeling quite a bit uh, be, because he's dropping so far. I mm-hmm. mean, I, I want to say we—I think we got him thirteenth round, um, and you know they did—they signed him to some good money too. It's not yeah. like you know it, it, this wasn't like a one-year you know like hey it's the end of his career type of deal. He got significant money, so I—I I think that my feeling is is that. They're going to be using him, and but maybe towards the end of the season, it becomes Jonathan Mingo. I mean, I understand that Carolina had such a high grade on him that he was one of their top twenty players in this draft overall. Not not at skill positions, but 
he was one of their top 20 college football players. Mm-hmm. And that was, um, you know, that's why they, they, they went out and got him. And so you got to think they have plans for him. Uh, and so, you know, hey, look, it's hard to say someone's going to be the guy for the whole season because things change during the season. And, you know, in the FFPC, you can change course during the season. You have free agency. You can uh, take Adam Thielen, and then you can take Mingo later on. And then if he emerges, you can start playing him. So, you know, you can, you can change, uh, change course. Nobody's going to be the person all year long necessarily. Um, you know, you, you, I think it's going to start with Thielen. I do think Mingo has for sure a chance to emerge later on in the year. Do you, do you feel like, you know, again, drafting philosophy, or do you feel like you go after those guys um, that will help you earlier in the season and then just kind of take flyers on the guys that you think could help you late? Because we don't know, right? And if they get if you get up to a slow start, obviously, in the Fantasy Pros Championship or the FFPC main event, that really hamstrings you. So how do you, how do you balance, you know, drafting to, to sort of get the guys on your team that are going to get you to the championship round um, as well as the guys who will help you win the whole thing in those final three week in that final three week sprint. Yeah, for sure. Well, twelve week regular season, right? I mean, used mm-hmm. to be eleven. Uh, you know, before the the NFL went to the the extra week, twelve week regular season. Like you just said, if you get off to a slow start, believe me, that twelve seems like a, a big number, but it can very easily get you into some trouble if you start mm-hmm. off losing your first couple of games. So I, I think it's okay to draft conservatively sometimes. I, I, I notice that um, a lot of people will just, it's all upside all the time, upside, upside, upside. Yeah. And, and I get that from, from an enjoyment perspective, it's more fun to draft players with massive upside. However, you know, like 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 my my professors used to say in college or law school take the easy points right take the easy points the the easy questions you know putting your name on the paper you know take the easy points and the same can be true if you apply it to fantasy football take the easy points i mean adam thielen in the 13th round he could very well be scoring 15 to 20 points those first few weeks um, it's going to be a new quarterback trying to get his feet under him. Who better than Adam Thielen to, to you know, to get open some short passes, get some confidence going, get some drive sustained. Um, and yeah, maybe he's not going to last the whole year, but it's going to get you hopefully where you need to go. I think there's a prevailing thought that when we draft in these big national tournaments that you get your core uh, assembled the first, you know, seven, eight rounds. So let's say first 10 to split it in half. And sure. then uh, a lot of people just assume, okay, now I could start taking home run swings in mm-hmm. rounds 11 through 20, which to a point I think is true. But at the same time, like, you know, there is value in drafting a guy like Thielen who is probably not going to have a whole lot of spike weeks. You know, I can't see him right. doing a, you know, a five for <laughs> 180 and two touchdown games anymore at this point of his career. Yeah. Yeah. But I could see a lot of six for 70. Exactly. I could see a, a lot of seven for 95. And it's, a, you know what I mean? And and when when you when you get guys like that, where you have the opportunity to draft them late, again, like you said, don't overthink it. Take the easy points and just grab them. Because those guys can be just as valuable or more valuable than the spike week guys. 
Uh, absolutely. I mean, you're trying to win, right? So, mm-hmm. and you know, if you're if you're taking the home run swings every round, even if you hit on one of them, you're probably going to miss on four, and then you're going to be at a disadvantage, right? Mm-hmm. I mean. You know, fantasy football is no no different than any other enterprise. If you're the stock market or wherever you are, um, you know you can you can you can buy stocks that have huge upside, or you can be more conservative, or you can mix the two. And I think my my advice for uh, players playing high stakes fantasy football is to mix the two. Right? Don't yeah. always go upside. Don't always go conservative. Take some calculated risks, of course, but also, don't turn away in the later rounds someone who's just sitting there who may not be the sexiest player, but who you think is going to be someone you could conceivably start several weeks in a row, maybe even during a bye week when you're really hampered. They're going to get you that 10 to 15, and that might be the difference. I, can't, I was listening to, a, I think it was the Goat District podcast, and I, I, I can't remember who they had on, but he was talking about drafting um, fantasy football teams year after year. Maybe it was football guys. I can't remember. I get them all mixed up. Um, but when you're talking, you know who it was? It was on the couch with Sigmund Bloom. It was Adam Harstad from Football Guys was saying, this. "We, what's the idea in fantasy football? It's not necessarily to draft the highest scoring players because we just can't do that. We don't know. Like right. there, there's so much that goes into it. So we have to next level it, right? And I think a ne- next level thinking on this here is you're trying to assemble the pieces the mixture of the conservative, you know, um, high floor guys mixed with the high ceiling guys. And right. if you if you throw in too many of the high ceiling guys, well, it's going to be too sweet, and you 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 can't you can't eat the soup, you can't eat the stew when it's too <laughs> sweet, right? But if you go with too much too much of the the conservative guys, right? There's it's going to be bland. You can't you nobody wants to eat the bland stew because there's just not enough there. You need yep. to find the mixture, that happy medium, right? And I think yep. that's the next level of this is is it's not only drafting the correct players, it's drafting the right combination of players. I've heard this for fantasy baseball for years, um, where you got to make the, the pieces fit, the puzzle pieces fit, right? Sure. And I think to, to a certain extent, it's not exact same in football, but to a certain extent, you got to be able to hit on those those um, those high high ceiling guys, um, ladder, the ladder portions you have, but still mix in those guys that, yeah, maybe they're only going to get 15, 20 points uh, you know, for three or four weeks out of the season. But those three or four weeks out of the season might could make all the difference. That's absolutely right. That's absolutely right. You don't have to win by fifty points. You win by one, and you're still, you know, you're still still potentially in a good spot with with record. You know, I mean, hey, look, would everyone like to draft a team that goes wire to wire, highest point scoring winner? I think it did happen in the FFPC like two years ago. The Bills, uh, the Bills team, like they they pretty much went wire to wire. A tremendous. Mm-hmm impressive performance but it's it doesn't always happen that way in fact that was it, the it rarely that. happens that way it almost never happens that it way. it almost never does you know right. like so, yeah so you can't you can't just you can't expect that you're going to hit something like that like i said round by round try to get value every round try to win the round try to win the round um, Carolina, uh, we were just talking about with, with Thielen and Bryce Young and everything. I want to go a little bit further south, switch conferences on you to Jacksonville. They have Christian Kirk. Obviously, they paid a lot of money for him last year. Had a pretty good season. Evan Engram had a pretty good season last year in Jacksonville as well. And then they make the trade deadline deal to get Calvin Ridley. So now Trevor Lawrence is going to be throwing to all those guys. Oh, by the way, they still have Travis Etienne in the backfield. 
I want to ask you about Zay Jones. Why should we, and, and you can talk about this, right? Fantasy Pro is a managed uh, tournament um, where you got to set your lineups every week. Well, I think we can also talk about it from like an FFPC best ball tournament aspect too. Why should we not forget about Zay Jones when it gets to be later in our drafts? I think because he's consistent and reliable, right? I mean, towards the end of last season, he, he was performing quite well. We were starting him pretty regularly down the stretch last year. Uh, Calvin Ridley is a tremendous talent. But let's remember that Calvin Ridley is dealing with some stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Aside from the suspension, before that, he, he was having some fairly significant mental health issues, which caused him to have to step away from the game. Now, maybe the, maybe that's completely behind him, and maybe he's going to be... Uh, great going forward. Maybe he's gotten whatever help he needed to get to get to that point. But things like mental health issues tend to possibly reoccur, right? It's not an easy thing to get under control. And um, he's also been away from the game for a year. So there there are questions there. You can't just assume that Calvin Ridley is going to just come in and be the Calvin Ridley of old. I don't think that's fair to expect. Um, and so, so then if that's not going to happen or there's a chance that that's not going to happen, so where are you going to look? This is a, an emerging offense with a tremendous quarterback that's going to score fantasy points. So where, if Calvin Ridley is maybe just okay and not phenomenal, where are you going to get your points from, from, from the Jacksonville Jaguars? Well, Zay Jones, let's look at him, right? Mm-hmm. Consistent, talented, reliable. Uh, again, a guy you can get in the later rounds. I think we drafted him just recently in the 14th. I, you know, that's a guy you could be starting during bye weeks again. Uh, maybe not, again, not the sexiest pick, but somebody who could bring value to your team. Zay Jones has an ADP in the Fantasy Pros Championship right now of 13-12, going right behind the aforementioned Adam Thielen, go right ahead of Marvin Mims, Nico Collins, Tyler Boyd. He's in that territory right there sure. at the end of the 13th round. Um, I, I, we we're talking about Derrick Henry. I want to get back to the Titans here, but I want to talk about the tight ends. Chiga Conquo, I, I've heard – I don't think he's a polarizing player, Mike, but I've, I've heard a lot of people be passionate on both ends of the spectrum for him. Where are you right now on his ADP? He's tight end 11. He's at the 905. Uh, your thoughts on Chiga Conquo this year? knowing that the Titans aren't necessarily a team in transition, uh, but the offense might look a little bit different this year. Well, again, I would say know your contest, right? Mm-hmm. You're in FFPC. This is a tight end premium contest. Uh, you know, you, you, you can't ignore that, but also at the same time, you don't want to give too much, too much credence to it. I know I was in a, a main event draft, uh, I think two years ago with, an opponent who took, I think, eight tight ends out of twenty <laughs> out of twenty picks, and just I was shaking my head. But you know that team actually didn't do that badly, right? Yeah, you know, so it, it it can be it certainly can be a strategy, and it can cause some panic in the draft when you can't find a tight end. But um, but what I would say is remember this is a tight end premium league. How many tight ends are really elite? Well, maybe there's four or five. So. We were talking earlier about, you know, upside as opposed to conservative, right? Well, in, in the tight end arena, I would say in FFPC, take some chances, right? Somebody's going to be that person. 
someone's going to be that sixth tight end. And mm-hmm. I think, you know, um, we're getting jiggy with it. You know, we've gotten jiggy <laughs> with it a couple of times. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I would say he's got as much of a chance as maybe the Pat Fryermuths of the world or uh, the Greg Dulcich's of the world to sort of hit. Um, so, yeah, take a shot at him. I mean, we're talking about the ninth round, you know, and so yeah. if you blow your ninth round pick, is it really going to make that much difference? I mean, you can certainly recover, right? Um, mm-hmm. So why not take a shot at Chiggy in the ninth? And conversely, if you hit on your ninth round pick, well, man, that not only gets you a leg up on the rest of the people in your league, but several thousand teams in the national contest as well, which is is always good. Right. Um, a Conquo, I, I said his ADP, tight end 11. He's going right below David and Joku. And Joku's basically going a full round ahead of him. But a guy he is going basically three picks ahead of is a guy I want to talk about here next. And not just him, but his teammate. But Dalton Kincaid is being drafted as the tight end 12. Um, he is being drafted as a starting tight end in the Fantasy Pros Championship. 906 is his ADP. Do you think people are going a little bit too crazy on him knowing that he is a rookie, knowing that he's going to a team with Super Bowl aspirations that that has a pretty good offense already in place there? Are people getting too crazy uh, in Kincaid and forgetting about Dawson Knox, a guy who's been very good? Well, I shouldn't say very good, but at, you know, com- um, competent to good over the last couple of years in Buffalo. Your thoughts on Kincaid versus Knox this year because the draft capital separating them is pretty massive. I... Yes, I, I would say that I am avoiding. I don't have any Dalton Kincaid. I, I'm not going to say that I'm avoiding him because I don't really avoid any player. Mm-hmm. It's just that, you know, if we're going to go back to some sort of tenets um, or mantras, you know, rookie tight ends, right? Rookie tight ends, a very hard position to learn. It's a very hard position to immediately assimilate into an offense. It takes time, right? If you're drafting Dalton Kincaid, it, I doubt week one you know that's there's going to be a dominant performance now could there be one week 14 and you're going to be like wow thank god we took dalton kincaid because he's emerged and he's now the focus but we have taken dawson knox in round 17 of a fantasy pros draft i'm pretty well sure dawson knox last year for adam and i was a starting tight end on a playoff main event team and we just got him in the 17th round. And really, what's changed for Dawson Knox? I mean, he's he's certainly not too old. Um, he, he's a pretty he's a pretty talented guy in a pretty talented offense with an amazing quarterback. 17th round, yeah, I'll, I'll take Dawson Knox in the 17th round every time. And I think the other thing to keep in mind here is how many people have you heard people in the industry talking about? The Bills don't plan, and the Bills, if you read between the lines of like what um, McDermott and a lot of these guys have said they don't really plan on using Kincaid as a tight end, right? They plan on using him as a receiver. And I think that more hurts guys like Gabe Davis. It more hurts guys like Khalil Shakir, um, guys that have had the opportunity to step up and Gabe Davis has done it in spurts. Shakir hasn't yet. I guess I'd more be more worried about those guys because if Dawson Knox is still going to be out on the field, used as the number one tight end for Buffalo, the way a tight end historically is used, that doesn't affect Kincaid a whole lot. Um, and, and Knox should still be, again, 17th round. That's like stealing, uh, at this point. So, uh, I think, I, I think that, I think you're making a wise decision, especially in a tight end premium league. You think about this, Mike, you could get Knox as your tight end three in just about every league if you wanted to. And, and that's kind of like 
that's kind of the way it's gone. Like he's always staring us in the face in that in, in the late, you know, 16, 17, 18th rounds and shaking our heads saying, all right, are we going to take him again? I mean, we're going to have like, you know, 500 shares of Dawson. Right. Not. But sometimes that's the way it goes. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The headlines remind us daily, the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine, stop noticing, but you know better. And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over three million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour three-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com. In that same division, the Miami Dolphins are loaded this year, right? Now, they bring back Mostert and Jeff Wilson. They added Devin A-Chain, who I actually like um, as a rookie. Obviously, Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddell are there again. No Gesicki, but they weren't really using Gesicki as a as a uh, pass catcher there last year. I'm curious about the sort of the linchpin to all this is is Tua Tunga Bailoa, um, how he goes, the Dolphins may go, and knowing his concussion history, are you at all nervous uh, of, about drafting number one drafting Tunga Bailoa, and number two, uh, is it affecting the way you're drafting Dolphins at all? Not too much. Uh, I would say that I think you, I think you ha- you have to be concerned about about a significant injury history that a player has for sure. Mm-hmm. And in, in this one, where we all saw a very scary situation for Tua last year, um, you can't just discount something like that. Uh, we tend to draft Tua as a QB two, um, and. And the reason for that being last year, we drafted two as a QB two with Justin Herbert as our QB one. And, and honestly, Eric, you know, Tua wound up starting like probably like mm-hmm. five or six games over Herbert. Um, so he's a wonderful QB two to have. Now, if I were to take him as my QB one, I would want to back him up relatively quickly. 
Like, you know, I don't think you're taking, like, some, some teams, uh, some players like to just take the one quarterback and that's it, right? So, which I don't su- subscribe to that philosophy, especially with the really early drafts, but, um, but I, I would be, I would be hesitant to take Tua as my only quarterback in, a, in an FFPC uh, draft. And, and if you didn't take Tunga Vailoa, guys going right after him, Daniel Jones, Kirk Cousins, Aaron yeah. Rodgers, Geno Smith. I mean, Jared Goff, you can easily load up on one of those guys and be okay. Um, if you so, – so, Mike, do you – when you take – you and Adam, when you, when you take an early quarterback, even if it's early, um, you know, in the season, uh, if you get like Mahomes or Allen or Lamar Jackson or any of these guys – are you are you still take are you still backing the court uh him up at, at the quarterback position then? I always back up my quarterback. I can't regardless remember. of which quarterback it is. Regardless of who it is, I don't care if it's Mahomes, Josh Allen. I so my philosophy on that is injuries happen. You know, look at some of these defensive linemen, right? They're they're bearing down on your quarterback on a week to week basis, and and in one big hit. And you don't want to see your season go down the tubes, and you got nobody to put in there. So it, you know when you get it, when you get to the thirteenth, fourteenth round, and Aaron Rodgers is sitting there, or um, even Dak Prescott has been sitting there, thirteenth, fourteenth round. Even having gr- grabbed Josh Allen in the third, I mean, why not take Dak Prescott and mm-hmm. and you know just uh, just who else are you going to take there, right? Like I, yeah. I, I get, I get chasing upside and and all of that. But again, going back to the philosophy of being conservative sometimes, um, take a solid backup quarterback, much less to worry about. Even if Josh Allen has an issue in preseason, your season is not, you're not scrambling to the waiver wire, blowing half of your money on trying to pick up a quarterback all of a sudden, you know, and because I mean, that guy, that, that guy you would have taken in the 13th, 14th round might not have worked out either. And I, Last year, I was I, sh- I shared a team with uh, FFPC co-founder Dave Gerzak, and I was we took Josh Allen. I want to say in like the fourth round or something like that. I don't remember exactly what it was. Um, but then later on in the draft, he's like, "Well, let's in case something happens to Allen, let's let's go ahead and um, back him up." And I'm like, "What? What are we? Back? We got Josh Allen. The, the, the dude's an Adonis. He's a warhorse. He's not going to get hurt." What? And and so we ended up. Now Allen didn't get hurt. Um, but we did take a backup and it was Matthew Stafford. So that didn't work out. I bring this up because in several other leagues last year, I was way too overweight on the Rams and I did draft Matthew Stafford as my only quarterback right now. And it killed me in a couple of leagues that I didn't get back up quarterback. Now, thankfully when he went down, I was able to get the, the two guys that really carried me were Geno Smith and uh, Jared Goff last year. And that helped me out. But that doesn't happen every year. And yeah. and I said I said to HSFF, our co-host, Farrell Elliott, I said to him um, after the season ended, I said, I'm done with one quarterbacks. Like, I'm always backing up my quarterbacks. I, I can't. It's too difficult to recover from, really uh, at least for me. And so, that so like, now going forward, um, I, I'm I, for a guy who, like, I would always wait and wait and wait and draft a quarterback, and then I just take one. So, like, now I am – I am done undervaluing the quarterback position, even in non-super flex leagues. You just got to have two, Mike. I totally agree. I totally agree. In fact, you and I had, had that conversation a couple of years back. Yeah. When, and I, I was telling you that I actually, in some drafts, taken three quarterbacks. And you right. were thought, you were like, what? What are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I remember that one time when we were, in, we were in Kentucky, and I think it was Dave, and I was looking at it. I was looking at Dave's draft, and he had, 
he had like a really uh, he had elite guy like Brady or something he took in like the sixth round, and then he followed it up with like he he had um I don't know maybe like it, 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 like it was Josh Freeman from the Buccaneers he took okay. as a third quarterback, and then there was another guy. I can't remember who it was. It was nobody good. And I'm like, what? You got Brady. What are you doing with three quarterbacks? But I learned my lesson. I will not. Anybody wants to load up on quarterbacks, I'm done. Do, do, do what do what you're going to do. I, I have no leg to stand on. Right. Um, Kellen Moore is no longer in Dallas. He is now the offensive coordinator for the Los Angeles Chargers. Um, Mike McCarthy said when Kellen Moore left, he was going to take over play calling. And he said Kellen Moore just wants to pass, pass, pass all the time. And he doesn't yeah. give his defense a chance to rest, um, which we like for fantasy, right? Like we don't necessarily care about the defense. That's what made the Lions so great last year. Their defense was so horrific. The Naman Ross St. Brown and, um, you know, Jamal Williams and Jared Goff and all these other guys and Hawkinson, at least for the first few weeks, were so great, right? Um, sure. But now uh, he goes to Los Angeles, a team that loves airing it out. And, oh, by the way, just use the first-round pick on Quentin Johnston. You have yeah. Johnston, Mike Williams, Keenan Allen, Gerald Everett's obviously back there, and maybe the best pass catcher of all of them, Austin Eckler, is, is coming out of the backfield. They were all great last year. What's the impact on Kellen Moore uh, that Kellen Moore is going to have on this team this year? Well, I mean, I can tell you that I already have a couple of shares of Justin Herbert, so I expect <laughs> big things. Um, you know, the only caution I would say is, you know, Keenan Allen does get hurt. Mike Williams does get hurt. Austin Eckelar, although he avoided injury last year, has not been the most durable player. Mm -hmm. So th there is, but hey, then they bring in Quinton Johnson and they have Josh Palmer there too. Also oh, yeah. Is very good. Like, so, so even if there are injuries, he, you know, Herbert still might be chucking it up. So, I mean, I, I'm very high on, on Justin Herbert. Um, I'm, I'm higher on Mike Williams than my partner Adam is. Um, I, I have a couple of shares of Keenan Allen already. So that's an offense that I'm very much invested in and will be going forward as the season progresses. Yeah. I just, I feel like this could be like sort of like the last dance or whatever for Los Angeles, because the cap hits for Mike Williams and Keenan Allen are astronomical for 2024. Yeah. Um, and obviously you can always renegotiate those and, and, you know, add void years or what have you. Um, but I think the fact that they utilize and wasn't Josh Palmer a third round pick? It's not like he's just some day three guy. Um, so they they're invested in Palmer. They're heavily heavily invested in the Quentin Johnston. This could be the the last. And Austin Eckler is going to be a free agent after the season. This could be yeah. the last great year for this offense. And 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 maybe they'll continue it in twenty twenty four. But it'll probably be with different players if they yeah. do. Yeah. Um, final question for you, Mike. Here, uh, a sleeper that you and Adam have been targeting in drafts. I know the way that you guys draft, you, you don't, you're not always targeting sleepers, although Dawson Knox is a guy that you I know you have a lot of shares of. But yeah. another sleeper that you've been looking at, and then another player that that you're not going to have on any teams this year, you don't want to have anything to do with them at his current ADP. Um, you know, my my running back guru, guru is my buddy Sanjeev Wadwa, who competes on the FFPC. Um, and... Uh, yeah, I know he's high on a guy by the name of Rashad White, Tampa Bay mm -hmm. Bucks running back, uh, and and I, I agree with him on that. You know, um, I definitely think that he's someone who we're targeting, and who is going a little bit later than I expected him to. Um, in fact, it, if I if I could say like sort of generally, usually running backs position dries up very quickly in FFPC drafts, and I feel like it's going deeper this season so mm. far, um, and. 
that actually the wideout spot is sometimes feeling a little thin as you get to that, say, eighth, ninth round. So uh, I, th I definitely think Rashad White is, is someone we're targeting. Um, as someone to avoid, um, you know, I, I'm not huge on DJ Moore. Um, you know, I, I just don't think that um, that that I, I like DJ Moore as a player. I, it's more where he's going for mm -hmm. me. It's a little bit too early for me. Like he's going to an offense that doesn't really throw the ball that much, and he's going to be new there. I, I'm just not sure he's going to be able to return the ADP um, that I'm seeing him at. Um, so that would be a player that I'm I'm not really targeting. I, I try not to have like do not draft players mm -hmm. um, because everybody's a value at some point, right? Every every significant fantasy player is a value at some point in the draft. But if if I'm sh I'm shying away from people who are going a little bit too high, it's also injured players. People like Javante Williams, Brees Hall. Um, someone who's coming off a major injury, I tend to avoid, not avoid them, but I tend not to bite on them. If if I see that player and they're still on the board at a round that I'm comfortable with, the risk, then yeah, okay, take them. But I, I, I wouldn't reach for that player. Um, I'm kind of the same way. And there has been there have been times, Mike, where I don't like a player at all. It, like Matthew Berry from um, – of Roto World always says, I don't hate players. I hate ADPs, right? right? And and the ADP stuff gets in my mind. We're like, like let's take Javante Williams for for um, an example because I'm kind of avoiding him this year as well in redraft. And I look at him and I'm like, I'm like, ah, yeah, I, I really I don't like where he's going. I'm not I'm, I'm not going to take Javante Williams. But then if you get in a league where everybody else is letting him fall, then you sort of start rooting for him to make it to you. It. And and then he let you get, I don't want to say you get sniped on him, but let's say he gets, goes a pick or two before you. And you're like, no. And, right. and then you, you sit back and think like, why was I so upset about not getting this guy? I didn't want to get this guy to begin with. And, <laughs> yeah. and, but that, but that's how the drafts work out sometimes. Absolutely. Every draft is its own living, breathing thing. You know, everyone's different. You know, some, sometimes the quarterbacks go early. Sometimes yeah. the running backs go early. Sometimes mm -hmm. the wide receivers go early. If you're if you go into a, an FFPC draft, whether it's you know the fantasy pros or it's the main event, if you go in with a hard and fast strategy, you might find yourself in big trouble real quick. <laughs> you know, you better be flexible and you better be able to pivot. You know, just like what? Ross Keller, you know, pivot. You know, P pivot, pivot, pivot. <laughs> um, one of my buddies uh, here in Wisconsin, really smart guy, really good fantasy football player, but he's never played on the high stakes level before. And he and another one of my buddies, uh, those two decided they were going to get a team in the main event, FFPC main event uh, last year. And I was talking to him about it before his draft. And um, and he said, well, you know, I know I can get this guy here and I can get this guy here. And like, and he's and I'm like, this dude has never done it. You know, an FPC and FFPC has never done any of them before. And I'm kind of like, you know, just nodding my head. Okay, all right, yeah, yeah. That's sounds sound strategy. They got their tails kicked in. I mean, like, and, and they never, like, they never. They gave their. I mean, their number two running back. I think at the start of the season was like Alexander Madison, which is fine if you stumble upon somebody off waivers. They never did. Um, and and it just it. I I don't. They finished with a losing record. It was it was a horrific horrific. But it was a horrific season. But how many times have you heard this, Mike, from other players? Where they say their first year in the FFPC, it was it was all about donating and learning, and then the second year they felt much more well prepared. 
for sure, for sure. Not to say that you can't survive without um, having a running back too. I mean, I I can give you several examples. Right. You have started, you know, the third string running back on the Niners, you know, in 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 a in a playoff game and still won. But it it's much harder to do, and you're putting yourself at an extreme disadvantage. And why would you want that when you're trying to win a million dollars? Exactly. That's a great point. Uh, to to recap, uh, Rashad White. Uh, Mike Sleeper running back 24 at the 606 after Akers Pierce Swift right before Madison Pacheco Montgomery and then DJ Moore a fade for Mike wide receiver 22 at the 412 right behind Jerry Judy right ahead of Watson London and McLaurin we will continue to follow you on Twitter Mike at M ESQ I will continue to wish you good luck in your fantasy pros drafts all your drafts the main event everything uh, this upcoming season Always love talking fantasy football with you, man. Thank you uh, for spending your Tuesday evening with me. Yeah, absolutely. Be well, my friend. Yep, take care. Have a good uh, rest of the season. You got it. Mike Foresta, ladies and gentlemen, a winner of 19, count them, 19 FFPC high-stakes fantasy football leagues that will complete our show tonight. It kicks off a big week of podcasting here uh, with the FFPC. Uh, Don't forget that um, uh, coming up uh, Thursday night, we will have um, the High Stakes Fantasy Football Show on bettersports.com as well as all the FFPC social media channels um, from 7 until 9 p.m. Eastern time that night. It'll be myself and Alex Kaur from Draft Sharks, peaked in high school. You probably know him from Twitter. So we'll chop it up for two hours, get you set for your drafts going on. Uh, and then the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour is live, 10, 9 central this Friday uh, with uh, KFFSC Commissioner Farrell Elliott and myself and uh, we'll go live. We're also announcing the uh, Joes in the FFPC Pros versus Joes contest uh, that week as well, or this coming episode as well. So don't miss that. 10 o'clock p.m. Friday night. Remember that you can compete against Mike Foresta and win a million bucks in the Fantasy Pros Championship. Just a $350 entry fee right now at myffpc.com. Cash in on that early bird discount. If you register by June 15th, which is another nine days, and you draft before June 30th, you're going to have the opportunity to get a free $35 credit into your FFPC account. You can do that up to three times. You'll get three separate $35 credits there. Uh, Dynasty startups are going off. We got um, a few going off tomorrow. We got a ton going off this coming Saturday. Go to myffpc.com. Check them out. Uh, They start at the $100 level. They go all the way up to the $5,000 level. We've been doing Dynasty for almost a decade with the FFPC. Uh, Not a single league has ever folded. So go to myffpc.com and register for those dynasty leagues there. While you are at myffpc.com, check out the two big national best ball tournaments we have going on. The FFPC best ball tournament is giving a $200,000 grand prize to its champion this year, just $125 to join that. And then a $50,000 grand prize in the Superflex best ball tournament as well. And just 35 bucks to enter in that. Plenty of space available, 30 seconds, 60 seconds, two hour and six hour clocks all available there at myffpc.com. And don't forget, the main event's still going on. We crowned our first FFPC millionaire last year, Don Barani, uh, Sean Stutzman, and uh, Mike Costantino, uh, the Go Bills franchise, Marv Levy franchise. They won the million bucks uh, last year. You could win the million bucks this year in the FFPC main event. Um, and if you're already in, remember, you'll get $400 off each additional team you register for there at myffpc.com. If you want to play in a closed 12-team league, we have those as well for as little as $5. You can play uh, in a slow draft, a live draft, best sit-and-go, uh, best ball, super flex, 
Terminator, Varsity, whatever format you want, we have it for you. And we have it at the price point you're looking for as well. That's all at myffpc.com. Remember to like, subscribe, comment, share, and get notified as well. We will, the next Rotoviz High Stakes Lowdown, for those of you listening on the Rotoviz uh, podcast channel, uh, will be Tuesday, July, uh, July 11th. Normally we go the first Tuesday of every month in the off season. Uh, I say that in quotes. Um, but because of July 4th, we will go live on Tuesday, July 11th. So that's the next time we'll air this episode. But plenty of high-stakes fantasy football show and plenty of high-stakes fantasy football hour episodes uh, coming up uh, until then. So thank you so much for watching, everybody. We certainly appreciate it. Be good. And we will see you right back here Thursday night at 7 o'clock with myself and Alex Kaur from Draft Sharks. Thank you for listening to the High Stakes Lowdown, a Rotoviz podcast brought to you by the Fantasy Football Players Championship. And thanks to Grapes for our theme music. Please review the podcast on iTunes under the Rotoviz radio feed. It helps us find new listeners. Contact us via email, rotovizradio at gmail.com. We'd love to hear what you think and follow us on Twitter at Rotoviz Radio. And remember, you can always support the show by subscribing to Rotoviz at a 10% discount through the NFL podcast homepage, rotoviz.com slash podcast.